how do we write a good bridge? The bridge is an interesting section because the bridge is the only part of a song that doesn't repeat at all, usually. The chorus repeats both the music and the lyrics. The verse usually repeats the music, although the lyrics will change, but the bridge only comes once. The bridge is also the section that usually you have the most creative room with, and you really can go do very, very different things with the bridge. So today, we're going to... We're going to take a step back and look at some of the general ideas and concepts about what makes a good bridge and what the purpose of a bridge is so that you are better equipped to write a good bridge. And we're going to talk about that right now. Friend. Welcome to another episode of Songwriter Theory. Today we are on part four of our series on writing different parts of a song. So we've talked about a first verse, we've talked about a second verse, we've talked about a chorus, and right now we are talking about a bridge. If you did tune in last week or you've watched the YouTube playlist so far and you've already seen the second verse one, you know that I uh, sort of grouped the second verse with the bridge when it comes to overlooked sections of a song, like common sections of a song that you see the difference between a more novice songwriter and a better songwriter because a more novice songwriter might actually have a pretty good first verse and chorus, but sometimes just abysmal bridge or phoned in, like you can just tell that they didn't put as much effort into the bridge in the second verse. And that I think the bridge and second verse are the two biggest X factors in a song and, and, and really making a song great. Um, so bridge is that second thing, right? That's what we're going to talk about today. First question we want to answer is what is the purpose of a bridge? What's the purpose? A step, step back. When we look at all different types of bridges, right? There are so many different types of bridges, right? There are some that will involve key changes, some that will go a very different lyrical direction, some that are just like a guitar solo over the top of music, right? So what, what is the purpose of a bridge? I think the main thing that underlies all of those bridges is that it's to provide a change or different direction, right? The, the bridge is almost always the most different part of a song. Now, there are some bridges that almost feel like a, more like a post-chorus than they feel like a bridge. Um, and I think we're going to talk about post-choruses and pre-choruses at some point as well, but I want to hit the, the real main parts of a song that almost all songs have first. Um, so some bridges sort of operate that way, especially um, bridges that because sometimes there's sort of that bridge again slash post-chorus. It depends on perspective. You you could see it as just a post-chorus, but um, are written in a way that it's the same underlying chord progression as the chorus, right? It basically stays the same musically as the chorus, but the lyrics and the melody completely change. And that way, at the end of the song, you can put the bridge or post-chorus um, melody together with, and, and then also have the person singing the chorus. And it sort of layers together to make this really epic finale or, or final uh, chorus, right? So that is a certain type of bridge. But for most types of bridges, right, it's it's usually the biggest departure. The verse really feels like it can, it can, uh, is 
uh, verse tends to be more similar to the chorus, right? It's very common for it to share the same chord progression even as the chorus, which I don't really recommend. Um, it depends. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. But um, the tendency is that verses and choruses sound more sonically connected and often thematically are a little more connected than the bridge. The bridge, if there's one section that feels like it goes off the rails in the sense of like it just takes a radically different direction musically or lyrically, it's usually the bridge. Um, so I think a part of this is what I mentioned in the intro, right? The bridge is the only traditional part of a song that only occurs once, right? So if you think traditional song parts, you have verse, chorus, and bridge, right? And you can even add pre-chorus and post-chorus if you want, and it will still ring true, right? So you have a verse, and then you have a chorus, second verse, which second verse, yes, will have different lyrics than the first verse, but the music is the same. The melody is the same. So especially those listeners that don't even pay attention to lyrics, which is sad, but unfortunately is a large percentage of people, right? To them, the first and second verse might as well be the same outside of how you arrange them, right? So it's basically the same as a first chorus to a second chorus, right? It might have a bigger arrangement, but this, the basic melody and chords are the same. So musically, your verse is basically repeating, even if lyrically it isn't. And then your second chorus, even if you change the lyrics, which most don't, right? Most choruses have the same lyrics every time. It repeats three to four times. That's your chorus, right? It's the same every time. Maybe for the final chorus, you'll add a second part that changes the lyrics or something. Uh, and, and some do change every time, right? Five for Fighting does that a lot. Some artists do that a lot. I've done that for some songs. It can be a nice, refreshing change-up. Um, takes longer to write, for sure, but it, it, it can be very helpful for certain songs. Um, but, but then like even a pre-chorus, right? Your pre-chorus before your, your first chorus is going to be the same as the pre-chorus before your second verse and it, or chorus, sorry. And even if, cause often pre-choruses will change the lyrics, but again, the melody and the chords will be the same from pre-chorus to pre-chorus almost always. Like I can literally think of no song where that's not true. Right. Like to have a completely different chord progression and melody and one pre-chorus from another. I've never heard of that. That might actually be an interesting thing to try. Um, so there you go. Go try that. Let me know in the comments how that goes. Um, oh, and if you've been here before, hit that subscribe button. Click the notification bell if you're on YouTube because you've been here before. You know you like this content. That's why you came back for more. Right. That's why you're here. Otherwise, what are you doing? Do you like hate yourself or something that you're listening to me again when you didn't like what I said the first time seems silly. But anyway, uh, if you're not on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast via whatever network or whatever you're listening on. Network's not the right word. Provider, some, some host, whatever, whatever it's called. I can't think of it right now. Not important. You know what I'm talking about. iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever. Um, so anyway, Post-chorus, same thing, right? Post-choruses are usually the exact same. The lyrics don't change, usually. Actually, I'm not even sure I've ever heard a post-chorus lyrics change, but I'm sure they do in some cases. But again, the music is the same, right? The bridge fundamentally almost always happens just once, unless it's a worship song, because they're too lazy to even write a second verse half the time, so they just repeat a bridge, too, to try to make the song not a minute and a half, which is how long they should be, um, 
not hating, just being truthful. Um, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. They're, 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 uh, uh, they're such artistic garbage most of the time. And it saddens me. It saddens me greatly, but they're so artistically just, just, just garbage. Like if pop songs on average are better quality art than what you're writing, like quit. I I don't know. (laughs) Don't quit. Get better. (laughs) But anyway, soapbox done. So, um, anyway, so the bridge though, generally like for almost all normal songs only happens once. In fact, if it does repeat, I would argue it might be more of a post course. Um, which would be an interesting fundamental question of what inherently is the difference between a post-chorus and a bridge, because there's a little a little vagueness there. Uh, there are lines to draw, I think. But um, anyway, so the bridge is is special in that it really is only going to happen once, so it allows you this like boom, this changes everything, mind blow moment, or boom, here's a key change you weren't expecting that woke you up, maybe tuned out after the second chorus because you're like, yeah, I've heard this song before, but boom, you know, the, the bridge changes everything, right? The, the uh, you know, maybe you're going to halftime or cut time or whatever you call it, whatever you choose to call it. There's so many different words for it, or maybe double time, right? So, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically the idea of changing, uh, it, it it effectively sounds like if your if your song is sixty beats per minute, it would sound like it's now one hundred twenty beats per minute. But really, the tempo stayed the same. Uh, you're just it just feels like double. It's basically what that is. And then halftime or cut time is the opposite. If it's one twenty, it feels like sixty for a section. Uh, almost always, if there's a key change to like the relative minor, right? So if you're in C major and the song changes to the relative minor, which is A minor, which if that's confusing to you, get get the my guide on the four fundamental pillars of music theory that every songwriter needs to know, which are keys, intervals, chords, and chord progressions. I will teach you all four in that guide, totally free, in the link in the description below. Check that out if what I just said didn't make sense to you. Um, so if if a song does change to its relative minor. It's almost always in the bridge, right? And so we're talking about what the purpose of a bridge is, right? And I think I talked about for the verse, the first verse, how the first verse is fundamentally something that really it, it operates sort of like a pilot of a TV show, right? It's introducing the characters. It's sort of introducing you to the world of the song. It's giving you an idea of what the show is going to be about. It's So it's laying a foundation, right? So it's, it's laying a foundation. Um, and that's sort of the, the, the use of a first verse. So a bridge to me is, it can be a little vague, but I, I would, I would see it if we're comparing it to a TV show, it's like that, that arc, that happens before the final arc of a season of a TV show, right? So it's before that final arc of a TV show. And it sort of is like a side story almost. Maybe you've been following a couple main characters for most of the show, but then you're sort of following this other character. Maybe it's even the villain. Like the villain is featured more, right? So like take, say like Daredevil season two, if you've seen it, there are some arcs that are actually more heavy on following the Punisher than 
Daredevil, or at least it feels that way. Daredevil might have more screen time, but the, but the Punisher is so good that you care more about the the sections with the Punisher, which is no hate on Daredevil. Uh, Charlie Cox, I think his name is, does a fantastic job, but the Punisher is just next level awesome in that show. Anyway, so it would be an arc like that, right, where it's sort of like changing it up, but it is giving you good, useful information, even if it's not a part of that main arc or you don't see how it's part of that main arc. Or another example would be, We'll, we'll talk Star Wars because I love Star Wars and I like talking about that. So another example would be something like, you know, you have episodes one through three for Star Wars and then you have the Clone Wars TV show, which takes place in between episodes two and three because that's when the Clone Wars in Star Wars is happening. Right. And that TV show is sort of like you can watch episode one, two and three and it's fine and makes sense. Right. But that really adds depth to the tragedy of Anakin's fall. It's also, in my opinion, maybe the best Star Wars ever is the Clone Wars, which you might think, oh, it's an animation. It's great. Watch it. First two seasons are a little rough, but it gets really good, and it's very much not a kid show after. Truly not a kid show. Um, but anyway, um, so, so that sort of is like a grouping of side stories that add depth to the characters of Anakin and Obi-Wan and introduce us to Ahsoka, which is now a fan favorite character. Ahsoka's great. Um, so it adds a lot to Star Wars lore and it adds a lot to the tragedy of what happens in episode three. And it makes what the transition from, because episode two to episode three, it's sort of like, why is Anakin falling in the dark side? Like that seemed sudden, but that show helps to fill in the gaps to make it. So it's obvious. It wasn't a sudden thing. This was something that he's been slowly making compromises for a while. Um, and it's just, it's just really good at that. So that's sort of what a bridge is to me. It's sort of this opportunity to do something different, to take a different angle, whether it's musically or, um, you know, and when I say musically, right, that's not just talking about a relative minor key change type thing, right? Melodically, you can go a very different direction, right? Maybe the whole song you've been singing kind of high, so now you go low, right? Sometimes if the whole song is very upbeat and has a lot of energy, maybe the bridge will like dial it down, right? The bridge is not necessarily bigger than the verses. The bridge might be sort of the smallest part of a song, right? Or, or maybe if you have a low energy song, the bridge is finally where it picks back, it picks up and it, it gets massive, right? So a lot of different ways that we could talk about, like the bridge can change up musically. Um, but the other thing is what it can do lyrically, right? It, it sort of gives you this opportunity of a one-off story, a one-off change of perspective, or this you can drop this little bit of information that kind of changes everything and recolors everything uh, to really make that final chorus all the more interesting. And then practically speaking, a bridge should make the listener sort of retune in and be hooked through the end of the song. So... In theory, if a per which we don't want this, but in theory, if somebody listened to the first verse, they're like, oh, cool, okay. Listen to the first chorus, they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And then the second verse, they tuned out a little bit. And then the second chorus, they kind of listen a little bit, but they're having a conversation with somebody else. The bridge is where they're like, oh, something changed, right? Like, interesting. Maybe I'll turn the volume up, or maybe I'll just tune in a little bit more, right? So a bridge is practically speaking, an opportunity for that, right? To sort of re, 
capture someone's imagination. If you were starting to lose them because they've heard like the second verse is the same musically as the first verse. And then the second course is the exact same as the first course they already heard. So in musically, the song's been almost repeating for the past minute. The bridge is your chance to like, here's another, another spark, right? Like introducing a new character in a TV show kind of thing, right? Like, you know, you're starting to get bored of the characters. You think you have them figured out. They're not super interesting. They have, they're the same core four people that are hanging out with each other. So like the dynamic doesn't change that much. Boom. Fifth person changes everything, right? Sort of that kind of thing. Um, and then the other thing, practically speaking, we talked about this for the second verse. I think there are a lot of parallels with the second verse and a, and a bridge. And one of them is something you want to avoid, which I think is really common. Just like a second verse, you don't want the bridge to be that section that just feels like it's there to provide a cushion in between two choruses, right? Like it's it's just kind of there to make you wait for the chorus to come back. Or it's just there to break up two choruses, right? Like that... Because that fundamentally seems like it's not really advancing anything. It's not changing anything. It's not good in its own right. It's just a way to make it so that you don't have like three choruses repeating back to back to back at the end. So you just change it up a little bit with the bridge, but the person's kind of bored and they're like, oh, I can't wait for the chorus to come back. Right. And that's what you want to avoid. You don't want that. I hope. So you want the bridge to really be able to stand on its own. And I think the bridge is a great opportunity for that, right? Because you have so much freedom. You know, it's it's pretty uncommon to go to the relative minor in like a second verse compared to the first verse, right? Like I'm sure there's a song out there that does that, but I can think of none, right? Like it's not a common thing to do. But the fact that it's very acceptable and even common to do that sort of semi-radical change in a bridge is just very freeing, right? The, the bridge, because it's the only part of a song that only happens once, it, it it's this special freedom that it gets that I think is what makes it special and can make it easy to write something really awesome. And I'm not saying a bridge is necessarily easy to write because in a sense it's, you know, it's musically speaking, you have a verse and a chorus. So a bridge is adding 50% more, right? Cause one out of two before you had two, now you're taking one, you know, th math. So you're adding 50% more content to a song when you write a bridge, right? So that can be difficult in that musically speaking, you wrote verse music, ignoring arrangement and chorus music. Now you are adding a third thing, right? So you are adding a lot more work for yourself as far as writing music, but it's so worth it, right? And, and it's so freeing. And that is the power of a bridge, in my opinion. So what makes a bridge a good bridge? It provides a pleasant surprise to the song, or it really advances it. Those are sort of the two things that I think can make a really good bridge. It's, re it, it's sort of continuing, picking up the mantle of the verses with advancing the story, right? Because often if you have only two verses, your third act might actually be in the bridge, right? Where the chorus is kind of just your, your zoomed out big theme, right? Or your big idea, and then story-wise, you zoom into the first verse, you zoom into the second verse, and then you zoom into the bridge. Right? Very common. So that's advancing it. And then pleasant surprise, right? This can, this can be like a, a big reveal, right? If you have a big reveal in your song that like sort of changes everything that came before it, like 
I don't know if, if, if say the whole song is about like sadness over the passing of, of your spouse. Right. But then, but then in the bridge, the twist is you're the one who killed the spouse, right. Which would be really dark, but, but you know, that's, that's a twist, right. That would change everything, right. Like how, how, how you view the entire song before would change radically when, when given the information that all that sadness, the person felt they're the one who ended the other person's life, right? Like that would be a great twist, um, to throw into a bridge. So again, there are so many ways to do this, right? Key changes, significant chord progression change, significant melody change, half time or cut time or, or double time. Um, or in the more post-chorus sense, you can sort of double down on the direction the song was already going and sort of go the post-chorus route where you're like adding more layers to the chorus in a, but it's different, right? But you could, you know, often the chord progression might be the same as I mentioned before. And in that case, right, at the end, you can layer the bridge singing part with the chorus singing part over the same chord progression to make that ultra big final chorus to really give that finale a, a good epic ending. Um, so practically speaking, let's get practical again, because I'd like to give sort of that philosophical uh artistic side of things, right? Because at the end of the day, we should all be artists, poets, and composers, right? That's sort of what a songwriter, in, in my opinion, the ideal songwriter is sort of those three things, right? We're philosophers in the sense that we're, we're tackling some of life's bigger questions and we're like asking questions via song, right? Like our songs should sort of beg the question. And I know beg the question is a specific thing, but I'm, I'm using it in the general sense, not the beg, beg the question specific thing. But anyway, um, so it sort of, it, it begs that question of like, you know, maybe your song by nature of the story it tells makes someone think to themselves, Hmm, is it better to have loved and lost or to have never loved at all? And it sort of like makes them dwell on that. Right. Generally, I think art shouldn't be giving answers. It should be asking questions. Um, cause if you're giving answers, that's when you can start to get preachy and you can start to have your, you know, different, messages and it starts to become almost propaganda and you have your little political opinions in there, right? Like that's, that's a dangerous game to play. And soon you have like Hollywood movies where like some of them you're like, literally that entire thing was just preaching to me. And like, there was no art left. It was just all preaching and then product placement maybe, but like, and that's what we want to avoid, right? So you're a philosopher, you're a poet. Cause, and I say that because I think songwriters tend to be come from a musical background, right? Usually the tra common transition is a musician becomes a songwriter, right? So naturally they care about writing the music more than the lyrics often because they weren't a poet that became a songwriter. Usually they were a musician, right? So it's easy to sort of be like, ah, oh, throw lyrics in there, which is why I think generally lyrics are the weak spot in most songs because most songwriters, most bands started as musicians. They didn't start as poets that then learned instruments to become a songwriter. They're usually, you know, musicians that kind of learned poetry in order to write songs, right? And I think that's why that's a weakness. But if you fancy yourself a poet, when you're trying to become a poet, that's where the, the implicit expectation of your lyrics gets higher. 
and then a composer, right? Because a composer really composes more advanced music, right? Like I would say a songwriter generally composes less advanced music. The complexity of songwriting is in the combination of lyrics with music, whereas most compositions, the complexity is entirely in the harmonies that you're writing. There's more complex harmonies. You're not usually writing by chord progression per se. You're writing more from a standpoint of of just general harmonies, which I can talk about that in a separate podcast a little deeper because uh, there's a little nuance to that. But if you fancy yourself a composer, right, that's where you would get more interesting arrangements because now you're thinking more by like the violin part over there and the guitar part over there and how they all come together to create a song rather than, you know, if you just think of it like a songwriter, you think D chord, G chord, right, which can lead to more boring music. So anyway, um, so all to say, we talked about the more philosophical side, right? Uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't also talk practical, right? And the reality is there's a practical element of like, you know, a movie or a YouTube video needs to hold somebody's attention, right? So if I just stopped talking and stared at the wall for a minute, you're probably going to turn this video off or turn this podcast off. You might even think, well, did the audio drop out, right? You'd be very confused if you're on the podcast and I just stopped talking for a minute, right? So like, you know, as good as my information may or may not be, the reality is I have to also be engaging, right? If you find me boring, if you think I'm a, I have a boring personality or you, you know, truly detest that I use a lot of Star Wars examples or football examples, right? You're probably not going to tune in, right? That's just the reality. So similarly, there's a reality in songs that there's a reason why most people can't listen to 10-minute songs because it's really hard to keep a song interesting for 10 minutes. So practically speaking with a bridge, your bridge should really musically bridge Imagine that. Well, between a chorus and another chorus or a chorus in that next verse, right? Because usually a bridge is doing one of two things. It's either chorus, bridge, chorus, or chorus, bridge, third verse, chorus, right? That's, that's almost always what it's doing. Some exceptions probably, but like that's 99% of the cases. So just like every other section, you really need to think about like, is this, will this naturally move? Will this naturally progress? Does this naturally work in the context that it's in, right? Does this bridge work as something to go from the chorus to the bridge? And then does this bridge transition well into the next chorus without it being jarring or weird or feel unnatural? Unless that's intended, right? There might be cases where that might be intended. That's fine. But Generally, we want it to feel natural, not forced, right? We don't want things to sound forced in, in any art, really, right? Like forced dialogue, you don't want. Looking at you, specifically episode one and two of Star Wars. <sighs> George, you should just let somebody else write the dialogue. You're so brilliant at everything else, but dialogue, man, so bad. Stop talking about sand. Although sand is pretty terrible. I kind of, I kind of agree with Anakin on that. But anyway, um, so again, if we're talking really practical, musically, it needs to transition well from, you know, what, whatever two sections is bridging. It's either going to be chorus to chorus or, or chorus to uh, a, another verse, usually. Or maybe a post-chorus to a chorus or a post-chorus to a uh, another verse. So... Really think musically about that, right? Like, 
you need to have that natural transition, whether it's, you know, chord wise or uh, melody wise, right? Like if, if your verse starts right away at the end of your bridge and the end of your bridge, you're singing some high G and then the verse right away, you need to be dropping down to like a G an octave below. Maybe that will work or maybe it will sound jarring and weird and feel like, wait, what just happened? Right. So you got to think about that stuff. Maybe add an extra measure where somebody like you're not singing at all or whatever. Think through those things. Let's wrap this up by doing a brief review of some of the things we've covered. So first thing, bridge is your best chance to blow your listeners minds and transition your song from good to great or from OK to really good or whatever. It's a great X factor in your song. The bridge has unparalleled writing freedom. It's the only part of your song that will never repeat in any way, usually. Um, so use that, right? Have that key change, have that relative minor key change. Um, maybe completely change sort of the feel, right? You can do halftime or double time. You can, you know, do a total lyrical departure, whatever that is, unparalleled writer writer's freedom when it comes to the bridge, definitely lean into that, use that. And at the end of the day, a bridge generally should either be pressing on the gas further, so like accelerating, right? Which is one version of change, right? That would be a velocity change because velocity is either change in direction or change in speed, right? For any of you who took physics, which I think everybody has to take physics. But if you remember that, um, or you're changing direction or you're braking. Usually if you're braking, you're also changing direction, right? So your velocity should be changing in your bridge, which I know is getting a little physics and science-y, but, but really, like if you just think practically, in a, you're driving a car, right? And your journey in the car is your journey for the song. You either are stepping on the gas and really accelerating to, through to that final chorus with your bridge, or maybe you're braking and sort of taking a turn, right? So, so you sort of, you're dialing it back a little bit from the speed you were going at the, not tempo, right? Speed in the metaphorical case, right? Of how much it feels like your song is sort of moving forward. So you maybe you take a, a, you know, you tap on the brakes a little bit and you take your turn or you get reckless and you sort of, which in this case, reckless is okay for the record. Don't do this driving, but with songwriting, you just skid through a turn, right? You take a sudden turn, but you don't really decelerate. You're still accelerating. And now you're accelerating into that final or not necessarily still accelerating, um, you're accelerating in the sense that you're changing direction. So velocity is changing, whatever science stuff. But, um, anyway, that is a good way. I think to think through a bridge in general, that car journey thing, and just like sort of a plot or a, a graph of how big your song is, I think can be really helpful things to make sure your song stays engaging throughout. If this was helpful to you and you haven't already, be sure to drop a like. It helps with the YouTube algorithm so other people can find this content. And if you find it helpful as well, be sure to subscribe, click that little notification bell so that you know when new videos come out, they will be out every single Monday. And at some point I will make videos that aren't also going to be podcasts. So if you're listening via podcast, I would go to the Songwriter Theory YouTube channel and subscribe there. So you see those videos, including the live streams that I will be doing. I've already done one. I'm starting to plan some other ones as well. 
If you have something you want me to cover, drop it in the comments below. If you're on YouTube, if you're on a podcast, I'm sorry. I guess go leave a five-star review and ask me to cover it in the uh, comments of that review because that's the, the uh, best way to do that, I think, in that case. Um, and also, again, mentioned it before, but if you don't know those four pillars of music theory or you want a refresher on them or you just want a nice, succinct guide that is also in-depth, that you can reference whenever you kind of want to restudy, refreshen up on your knowledge of keys, intervals, chords, and chord progressions, go pick up that free guide. The link will be in the description. It's at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Or nope, sorry, that's the wrong free guide. That's another free guide if you want that one. But it's actually at songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide, I believe. But the link will be in the description. So just click on that and don't listen to me. <laughs> Uh, regardless, I'm glad that you joined me. I'm honored that you decided to spend time listening to me today. And I appreciate every single time that you have decided to join me via YouTube or via podcast. And I'm more glad that, you know, you showing up every week is indicative of how seriously you are taking songwriting and how seriously you want to or how serious you are about becoming better at songwriting, which is the real important thing to me. And for that, I say thank you, because this song, could, this world could definitely use some more high quality songs. And the fact that you're listening to this means that you're dedicated to increasing the quality of your songs, which I believe is a very, very noble cause. So thank you for that. And I will talk to you next week. <laughs>